Welcome back to Screen Time. I'm Ro Khan. I'm Richard Roper. Happy 2022 preview. We'll be surprised by some of this stuff, won't we? We've got a list of movies coming out in 2022. That still sounds weird to say that. That's the actual year just around the corner. Uh, some sequels, some prequels, some original films, and some movies I think we've had on our list of the most anticipated movies of 1997, 98. I mean, it's <laughs> taken forever, but they're finally coming out, we right. hope. I'm looking at you, Tom Cruise. Yeah, there are some of these that were made pre-pandemic. Yeah. yeah. We'll Don't have- make this impossible mission so impossible. <laughs> <laughs> the Road Rover Podcast brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios. The digital landscape is changing rapidly, and to compete in today's business environment, you need an experienced partner. And since 1995, American Eagle has been just that. They partner with companies of all sizes. They do web design, development, e-commerce, mobile apps, all kinds of digital marketing. It drives your overall business success because they believe today's online world is your opportunity. Visit AmericanEagle.com today to get started. Most anticipated things of 2022. We look ahead here. Scream is coming back. Yes, this is uh, the first release we're going to talk about. We're going to go through these in chronological order, Row, and uh, got to tell our fine podcast listeners, uh, these release dates sometimes are subject to change. They yeah. decide to move them around. But right now, these are the announced dates. And I, I like the fact that, you know, the first week in January, we're still getting a lot of the late December releases are rolling out. But then January 14th, this is uh, the first Scream movie in a very, very long time. And the, the very first Scream movie, and we've talked about this on the, on the podcast, was really revolutionary and kind of helped uh, revive the horror franchise because it kind of turned it upside down, turned it on its ear mm-hmm. with that opening scene with Drew Barrymore. It's a freak out because <laughs> we all went to go see Drew Barrymore in this movie. And there was no Drew Barrymore after seven minutes. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a riff on Psycho, but even in Psycho, Janet Lee was in there for like, what, a half hour or so before she got it in the shower, right? Uh, the the, the pickup here, Roe, is that it's 10 years after the events of Scream 4, and they bring back Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, and then a new cast. So I, I feel like they wouldn't have brought this back unless they had something new to say. I hope so. All right. And it's going to be good to see them. As a matter of fact, I've noticed some of these actors who we haven't heard from in a decade are starting to make the rounds. You're starting to see them pop up in the tabloids and other places. And, you know, there's always this whole thing about the tabloids. Like, oh, my God, the tabloids are chasing these people. Often the publicists who have a client whose project is about to come out also go, hey, you know who's shopping? Well, that's that's true. <laughs> they do get them shopping, and they they never have like cocoa puffs. It's always something really healthy and wonderful. Mm-hmm. I do think it's neat to see, you know. And some of these actors have done very very well, but in a lot of these franchises that have been revived after twenty years, I think in a lot of cases the actors who wanted to distance themselves from being stereotyped now are embracing it because they've done other things. They're at a different point in their lives, and they either want to be celebrating this role or getting a paycheck, or right, or yeah. they haven't been doing other things, yeah, which that's is great too. Possibility too. All right, tell me about Morbius. This is the Spider-Man spinoff with Jared Leto as Morbius, and he's giving uh, vampire-type superpowers, which I feel for Jared Leto is almost like method acting. You know, he's probably already <laughs> in, his, in his vampire mode. So that that sounds interesting, I think, mostly for me, because we've got this kind of vampire. Jared Leto is a vampire. That's the most interesting thing to me. And Jared Leto is having a pretty great career now that you think about it. I mean, he's Absolutely. worked solidly for 22 years. Yeah. Pretty incredible. Doing all kinds of different stuff. Yep, and he looks different and everything, and he's he's a great actor. You need a doctor? I am a doctor. I should have died years ago. 
People all over the world have my disease. I'm here to find a cure. We have to push the boundaries, take the risks. If you're gonna run, do it now. All right, Death on the Nile. This is one of those films that, okay, so Murder on the Orient Express, which is a film that's you know been made several times, but the 2018 version from Kenneth Branagh was a big hit. And then Death on the Nile was supposed to come out, I think, you know, about a year later. And then it got delayed and delayed and delayed. It's supposedly coming out on February 11th. Uh, this was made so long ago that Army Hammer hadn't been canceled by Hollywood. <laughs> I don't know if he's ever going to come back. You know, people know he's had some strange shit. But Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman's in this, Annette Benning, Russell Brand. You know, uh, one of the things Kenneth Branagh always does is get these amazing casts. And you need an amazing cast yeah. for these Agatha Christie stories. The romance of the desert has the power to seduce. I ask you, have you ever loved so much? Been so possessed by jealousy that you might kill. The crime is murder. The murderer is one of you. I don't feel safe here. I don't feel safe with any of them. I have investigated many crimes, but this has altered the shape of my soul. I am Detective Hercule Poirot. And I will deliver your killer. Uncharted, Tom Holland. We love Tom Holland. He's playing the adventurer Nathan Drake, and then his companion is Mark Wahlberg. So this is going to be something that's uh, uh, based on uh, the game series, and a lot of people have been excited about this. They've been talking about making Uncharted forever. I'm, again, more excited about the fact uh, that it's got uh, the intriguing matchup of Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg than anything else. There are places out there you can't find on any map. They're not gone, they're just lost. Hey kid, a little young for a bartender, aren't you? A little old for prom, aren't you? Everything in here, why the map? This is the path that Ferdinand Magellan took to sail around the world. You know your history. It's the biggest treasure that's never been found. Five billion, easy. I think you're here because you're your brother. Well, you know my brother's safe. If you find that gold, you find him too. Talking about things that go from video game to cinema. Mm -hmm. Is it a disappointment for the gamers? You know, that's an interesting question because I think it used to be way more exciting for, you know, the hardcore gamers, but now the games themselves look so good mm -hmm. and are so cinematic that the movies have a lot to live up to. Right. You know. But the the problem is that all the gamers are sitting there in the audience and they're moving their thumbs and nothing's, nothing's happening. happening. That's yeah. true. Something yeah. to think about. All right, here's here's a movie title that's very interesting to me. Yeah. Since I am a hypochondriac, ambulance. Yeah. This was this is not uh, you know false alarm. Although yeah, and this I like because the original uh, Danish film was a badass movie, and this one's got uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and yeah yeah. Abdul Mateen II as bank robbers, and they steal they steal an ambulance, which to me it seems like either genius or not, right? Happened in uh, Chicago a couple of weeks it ago. It really happened, right? Because yeah. in a way, it's like, well, you're kind of hiding in plain sight. So that one sounds like, and this is uh, Michael Bay, who, um, you know, he's done a lot of those bombastic action movies, but he can do a little more gritty, you know, hardcore stuff when given the opportunity. I think this has got a good chance. All right. I'm sorry, brother. Sorry that I brought you into this. I just wanted things to be the way they used to be. That's the 
That's my brother, Will. I could use some help. My wife needs this surgery. This is real life. How's that right? You put your life down on the line for this country? You leave your family, your home? How much do you need? 231. How about more? 32 million. I need an extra man. I came to you for a loan. Look, have I ever gotten you anything that I couldn't get you out of? It's time for you to do something for your family. The Batman. Finally, a movie about Bruce Wayne, The Dark Knight. <laughs> We've been waiting forever for this, right, Ro? And I, I you know, here's the thing. I, again, I kind of felt like, God, we've seen this so many times before, and Christopher Nolan did such a great job with the Dark Knight trilogy. But that became a lot about the villains, and this is supposedly going to be even grittier and kind of tighter and smaller. And Robert Pattinson, who I think is a terrific actor, who along with Kristen Stewart, they both have escaped the Twilight franchise and and both demonstrated themselves to be two of the finest actors we have. And, I mean, Colin Farrell, you know, as the Penguin. Usually you get Danny DeVito mm-hmm. as the Penguin. So I don't know if he's going to be a sexy Penguin. Uh, and, and, and a terrific cast, you know, Jeffrey Wright and Zoe Kravitz, et cetera, et cetera. Andy Serkis, who people know from a lot of his stop motion stuff as yeah. Alfred. So I, I feel like this could be a really different take on the Batman. Is the costume significantly different, do we think? From what we've seen, it does look, again, like a little less, not not that not that the Christian Bale version was jokey, but it seemed a little cumbersome. This seems right. a little more real world. So I got hope for the Batman. I'd like to see him in the 1968 version. Jeez, a little paunch. Spandex and yeah. paunch. Right? Facing off against Mr. Freeze. <laughs> okay. All right. Fear is a tool. But when that light hits the sky, it's not just a call. It's a warning. I've been trying to reach you. Find the gun! Powder King and Rithers to match. I can take care of myself. If this continues, it won't be long before you've nothing left. I don't care what happens to me. It's only going to get worse for you. We are going to be turning red on March 11th, it says here. Now, when you first see this, you're like, oh, God, is this going to be about, like, the commie scare of the 50s? You know, <laughs> it was turning red. But, uh, Ro, this is from Pixar, and their batting average is about 950, uh-huh. right, through the last 25 years. And you could just tell from the beginning that this is just going to charm the socks off of everybody. It's about a 13-year-old girl who turns into a giant red panda whenever she gets too excited or stressed. Oh. It's animated, by the way, because it's Pixar. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's it's kind of... Uh, a cute Hulk. Yeah, exactly. And we know we everybody turns red or you know feels as if they're blushing, right? And she actually turns into a panda. I, and I think it just sounds like something like, you know, in the vein of a Inside Out where a lot of young people are going to be able to identify with this character. Turning red, March 11th, Pixar. Go ahead and give it the Oscar nomination for Best Animated Film and a quick $400 million, right? Exactly. Okay, just, we just, don't have to just blank. Just do it. You don't even have to see it. I'm Maylin Lee. I wear what I want, say what I want, 24-7, 365. I know. It's a lot. But I don't got time to mess around. Oh, about that hustle, am I right? Poor town. This is going to be the best year ever. And nothing's going to get in my way. It's gonna be me. Ah! I'm a gross red monster. <laughs> Don't look at me. Stay back. This happened already? What 
did you say? <laughs> Brad Pitt returns to us in April. Bullet Train, action thriller, and the guy who's directing this, David Leach, did Deadpool 2, which was better than Deadpool 1, and Atomic Blonde with uh, with uh, 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 Charlize Theron. <laughs> I, I have to stutter because I, I love her so much, yeah. uh, which is, I, I think, terrific. So I love the idea. You know, I still love those, you know, self-contained, they almost seem like they take place in real-time action thrillers that take place either on a plane or a train or a bus or in a bank, and yeah. Brad Pitt still has that A-list appeal role. Oh, that's going to be fun. And The Northman also coming out in early April. Well, I like this because it's a Viking movie, but it's not going to be jokey. It's going to be very, very gritty, and it has Alexander Skarsgård, who always looks like a Viking. No matter what he's in. Uh, can I ask you a question? What was the last jokey Viking movie? Well, I don't mean, I don't know if they're jokey. I mean, I know there's the Vikings series, right? That's yeah. about, and that's done very well and it's very gritty and violent. I, I just mean like the whole concept is all, you always kind of think of like almost cartoonish, you know, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're pillaging and they're marauding right. and they're Swords plummeting and, and stuff. Right. I don't know if they're plummeting, but they're doing a lot of things with the P word. But when a movie has Nicole Kidman, Ethan Hawke, Anya Taylor-Joy, Willem Dafoe, and of course Bjork. I think Bjork has it in her contract that she will be in a Viking movie. <laughs> right. right. I that they anything that they have to speak Norse in, I'm not even sure that's really a term anymore. Viking. They have to speak Viking. Yeah. And, and the idea of this, I think, is going to be much more in a kind of Game of Thrones uh, Braveheart vein. You know, again, gritty, bloody, more closely adhering to what life was really like uh, for so-called Vikings. Okay. Legally Blonde 3. Now, that was, of course, the franchise that made Reese Witherspoon a real star. I mean, mm -hmm. she just owned the role. It's interesting. Again, we talk about, now, she's on everything. Academy Awards and producing and TV series, you name it. So I feel as if she's going to return to it. She doesn't have to. So I think we're, you know, we're going to see her character of Elle Woods in real time 25 years after the events of Legally Blonde. So it'll be interesting to see how they merge the kind of, you know, Audrey Hepburn-esque, sunny you know, fashion forward, legally blonde with today's modern world. So she is going to be senator. I think she'll be yep, yeah, or, or like you know, teaming up with Gloria Allred. Or maybe she go might the be other senator way. Senator L. Woods, though, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah. she'd be Senator L. Woods, and she's leading an insurrection at the Capitol. That would okay. really wow. be a surprise. Wow. I don't she's gone kind of the other way. I don't think so. Where she does campaign commercials where not, she loads an AR-15. It's it's not called Legally Blonde 3, the Karen years. I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking that'd be a nice twist. It might be an SNL. You might have just yeah. come up with a great SNL bit right there. <laughs> and I must ask you this before we talk about yeah. Portillo's. Will we see Top Gun come out in that most important Memorial Day Movie slot. That's where it is now slotted, and we have talked about this. This movie was made three years ago, Ro, um, and it just has been delayed because this is another one. The studio wants you to see this on the big screen. Tom Cruise is back as, you know, Maverick, and uh, Ed Harris, who's always great, as a tough admiral. I don't think they ever have any weak admirals in the movies, right? You know, a weak-kneed admiral, but he's playing a very tough admiral. And uh, Miles Teller, who's a terrific young actor, people know him from Whiplash and so many other films, he's playing the uh, the son of Goose, who, of course, we lost Goose yeah. in the first Maverick movie. Right. We're waiting. We've talked about this movie more than any other film that we haven't seen Yeah, on this podcast over the last two years. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's time. It feels like it's, it's going anticlimactic almost. I mean, it's got a great yeah. trailer. That keeps me going. It, it has that look, and uh, we do know 
that Val Kilmer's Iceman has at least a cameo in this as well, which would be very cool to see Val Kilmer again. And not tough admirals, by the way. I would like to say there was a whole sort of late 70s into the early 1980s movies that had military guys that were always kind of paunchy and they were uh, roughing up the kids who were sneaking onto their military bases and or hacking into their system by playing Pong. You know, whatever those movies were, there was always there were always these military guys yeah. who, by the way, were dressed in non-standard kind of uniforms and they had weird 1970s and 80s haircuts, which in the military, they didn't let you have that, even though the yeah. movie people had to have it. Sort of like the Westerns made in the 50s where they have the James Dean and Elvis Presley haircuts. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it doesn't make any, any sense. All right, let me first tell you about Portillo's, and then we have many more films coming out in 2022 we got to tell you about. Portillo's, they are known for their famous Chicago hot dogs with all the freshest and tastiest ingredients right down to the poppy seed bun and, of course, the legend itself, the chocolate cake. If you are hearing this right now, that means you are alive and you are near a computer. Go to Portillo's.com and check out their entire selection of stuff that you can get anywhere in the United States of America. If you are blessed enough to live near a Portillo's, then you don't have to worry about going online. Just go to the store, go get the hot dogs, go get the Italian beef, go get the salads, the chicken. They got it's all great, but the chocolate cake is the single greatest item of all chocolate cake items in the history of humanity. Am I overstating that? <laughs> I am not. I am not. You go and you find out yourself. Order it online, go to a store, or if you really want to try something totally unique, the cake shake. They take the cake and they smush it <laughs> into a can with the, with, I don't know what else it is. I guess ice cream and some other stuff. And then they put it in the blender. You know how they do that? Where they yeah. take that cannish looking cup and they put it up into the blender. Next thing you know, <laughs> it comes out and they put a cookie on the straw and you're like, oh my God, this oh. is the greatest thing that ever happened. This is a warning to diabetics. It may not be perfect for Good you, Lord. but for everybody else, <laughs> it is the greatest thing you could possibly have. Go to Portillo's.com, find a location near your order online, P-O-R-T-I-L-L-O-S, Portillo's.com. John Wick makes his return. Yeah, John Wick 4, uh, you know, we talked about Keanu Reeves and, you know, they, they did a, a reboot or a threequel to the Bill and Ted movies and, and he's in Matrix Resurrections, which was not a great film. But the John Wick franchise is really what revived his career. It's turned out to be this fantastic action movie deal and I don't even give a shit what the plot is because it's John Wick against the world. He's the right. paid assassin who just wants to not be an assassin anymore. He either has a dog or he gets a dog killed or something horrible happens to a dog and then there's a bunch of great guest stars and they just look really cool because he always beats people up with like spoons and library books. I, I, I want to say that in the police and military world, John Wick has now become shorthand for you're a badass. That's cool. Or oh, Keanu would love that. Yes. Yeah. Or you know, that's a, that's some real John Wick shit. You know, if somebody does something, you know, extraordinary. Really? Yeah. That's that's a big compliment. That yeah. that must speak to the fact too that the the uh, fighting techniques and the the weapons and everything are yeah. used in a way that 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 feels authentic to people that know that stuff. 
I want to ask you something, though, because this is coming out against Top Gun on that weekend. Yeah, and if you would have told uh, anybody associated with John Wick, you know, a half dozen years ago, they'd be going up against the Top Gun movie. They'd be like, no, we're just hoping to get a video market and maybe a limited release. But that's how big this has gotten. I also feel like they're going to release this no matter what. And if, you know, if Maverick decides to take another, I don't know why. At this point, they're going to put the movie out. But yeah. I agree. It does seem a little odd because it seems like a little bit of the same audience. But I think the John Wick audience is actually younger than the Maverick audience yeah, at this point. Yeah, I think point. that's that, uh, without a question, that's yeah. true. And hipper. And that will be Memorial Day weekend, which is becomes sort of the traditional start of the summer yes. season, even though you still see things like trickle out the end of April and they call yeah. it like a yeah, summer release. I, I, we're seeing more of the uh, traditional release pattern, I think, because the studios are still spreading things out because production stopped on so many movies. They don't have as many films coming out next year as they normally would. So Pixar has a Toy Story spinoff. Now, this is interesting because this is Lightyear. And it's the story of Buzz Lightyear, but not the toy. It's it's about the real Buzz Lightyear, but he's animated. But in other words, so, you know, in the in the Toy Story universe, those toys were, I guess, based on real characters. I never thought that before. Yeah. In this case, we're going to see the story of the real life Space Ranger with Chris Evans, Captain America, oh. as Love Buzz him. Lightyear. So that I mean, listen again, it's Pixar, so they spent about a half dozen years on these. It's got to be a really cool and clever screenplay because I'm sure a lot of people Pixar are like, why do we want to mess with the Toy Story universe? Yeah, because they can. Because they can. <laughs> I think that's the answer to that. All right, now there's an Elvis biopic coming out in late June, June 24th, but we don't have a title for it? Well, there's very mysterious uh, circumstances with this. Well, it's Baz Luhrmann who did Moulin Rouge and likes to do those over-the-top interpretations of classic material. So... It's hard to say where this is going to go and what it's going to be, but I think it's probably going to be a combination of the real Elvis story and sort of stylized stuff, and it's got a, a huge cast. We don't know that much about it. We think it's going to come out in June, and right now it's called the Untitled Elvis Biopic. I think they should still call it that all the way through. <laughs> they might. Just for something different. Maybe it is that, yeah. and they're just pimping us right yeah, now. Tom great. Hanks is in this, though, yes. right? Yeah, I don't think he's playing Elvis, though. Colonel Parker or some, go, something yeah. like that? Maybe... The dad. I don't know where that would go. Nope. We know even less about this movie. And you're not just saying nope to the untitled Elvis biopic. We're talking about a movie that's coming out in July. All we know is it's Jordan Peele's next horror movie. And they're not even giving us trailers or anything. All we've seen so far is uh, some artwork with a giant cloud looming over a small town. But this is Jordan Peele. This is Get Out and Us, among other films he's done. So got to look forward to that. All right, The Rock makes his return at the end of July. He's playing Black Adam. He's uh, the nemesis of Shazam. I kind of like the Shazam movie, actually. It's, he's an anti-hero. I, I will say about this, it's got a great Castro. Uh, Dwayne Johnson, it's interesting because he he's been in so many action franchises. He hasn't done a superhero thing, but he's always playing a superhero. And this is a DC franchise yeah, as so opposed to Marvel. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of skeptical but cautiously optimistic because I feel like he's such a larger-than-life persona for him to play a superhero almost seems redundant. Doesn't DC have to do something right now? Well, I think that's up? why they got Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, well, at least that's $300 million. <laughs> you know? You're right, probably. I like that movie, you know, on the river, or whatever the hell that thing was that just uh, that came out. Uh, you know, where he's, you know, he's a boat captain and it's, you know, the, the, the African jungle queen kind of thing. Thingy, yeah. Uh, yeah, the uh, Disney Jungle Cruise. Uh, Another uh, film uh, based on a ride. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. I liked it and I got a kick out of it because I like Dwayne Johnson. I just like watching him work. Okay. 
Well, that, I, that's why I put it on there because I like him too, and I feel like you know they do need the DC uh, franchise. Maybe something this I gotta feel with Dwayne Johnson. It can't get too dark because there's something about him that's just too lovable. But maybe right. he go, maybe he'll go rogue. We'll see. Oh, I don't think so. Okay. And DC needs a hit here because it does look like the Wonder Woman franchise might not be what they thought it was going to be. Yeah, the second one. Uh, yeah, I love the first one. I like the second one. A lot of people didn't and felt like, where is this going to go now? All right, now we're going to finally get the Mission Impossible movie as well. Yeah, the seventh in the franchise with Tom Cruise, of course, uh, reprising his role as Ethan Hunt. And, you know, again, uh, these have become James Bond movies for Tom Cruise. And we've talked about the fact I believe it's one of the few franchises that almost each succeeding movie has been better than its predecessor. That's it's gotten great. bigger and more complicated and cooler. This one, again, has been out for a while. Not out for a while. It's been finished for a while. Now it's coming out, and they've got it uh, targeted for late September. The IMF is uniquely trained and highly motivated. Specialist without equal, immune to any countermeasure. There was a setup. The Russians are classifying this as an undeclared act of war. The blame points to you and your team. The president has initiated ghost protocol. The entire IMF has been disavowed. Now, somehow, some way, Marvel is going to bring Black Panther back in November. Yeah, and of course, you know, after we lost uh, Chadwick Boseman uh, way too soon in uh, a couple of years ago now, in, in 2019, you know, they were, what are we going to do with this? Well, they're going to shift the focus to other supporting characters. Uh, and, you know, the thing about Black Panther, no one will ever, you know, replace what Chadwick Boseman did, but it's a character that could be taken over by another actor at some point when you think about it as the leader of Wakanda a lot of the supporting characters coming back so we're really rooting for that one yeah you know there was some talk about Michael B. Jordan coming back and being the next generation but then you'd have to ditch all the other actors that are in it yeah well you'd have to have his character not exist because he was killed off or what you know and they can always say that a character that was killed wasn't killed one way or another in these multiverses and I, I always feel like that's eh, you know that's cheating so I, I like the idea of Focusing on the supporting characters and then maybe get a new young actor, a fresh, you know, talent yeah. to play the next generation Black Panther. Yeah. Although Letitia Wright seems to be the person who stole the first film in a lot of ways. Yes. And she's, you know, everybody loves her. Uh, the biggest controversy now is that she seems to have a lot of anti-vaccination views and might not be welcome on sets anymore. Insurance cases and lots of things swirling around that. So she might just Letitia Letitia Wright might just you know get herself uh, written out of the series if she doesn't figure that out because these studios are not going to have everybody in danger and the possibility of a production shutting down because an actor doesn't want to get this isn't you know this isn't the NFL you don't right. just get a seven day suspension and then let Aaron Rodgers go back on the field right so she might get vaxxled. yes that's the term now. Avatar two you we've remember, been waiting on this yeah, one you remember Avatar yeah. Which is the most revolutionary movie. And, you know, Avatar, when the first one came out like a decade ago, and uh, James Cameron had come up with all this amazing uh, technology in 2009, it, be, it broke all the box office records, right? I don't know anybody who ever went back and saw it a second time. Because you looked at it and you're like, oh, that's really cool. And then it's like, what, the, what is all this shit? There's, you know, there's the tree of life and all this stuff and, you know, all these environmental messages. So, and he's been working on this forever. And, I hope it's great. It's got the returning cast and the story continues on Pandora. I just wish he had spent... James Cameron has done so many other great movies. I wish he had spent more time on those doing something cool like The Terminator. But Avatar 2 finally comes out December 16th, bro. So 
a year from right now. Oh, that's true. Why wouldn't they put this out sitting there? Well, they probably saw the window there in late December. And uh, listen, they must think that it's a serious contender for awards and stuff because that's when those types of movies come out in December. Okay. All right. Now, Martin Scorsese has a film coming out that every Scorsese fan, and we count ourselves among them, very, 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 very heavy Scorsese fan. Yes. You just don't know, you know, when a director gets to be his age, how many more projects he's going to have. I've loved every one of them that came out. Even The Irishman, which was the kind of project that Scorsese fans all loved and people kind of knew to him or Mm -hmm. lukewarm on the entire genre. We're like, I don't know, it's long. What's going on there? Yeah, mob movie. Yeah. Yeah. What is he going to do here? Well, this is interesting, too, and I wanted to wrap up our uh, our look at the most anticipated movies, Row, because we don't know what the date is on this. It's called The Killers of the Flower Moon, but it's a period crime drama, and it's all about the investigation into the murders of the Osage people in Oklahoma in the 1920s. And this cast, well, one of his all-time favorites, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jesse Plemons, who's become a great, great character actor, Robert De Niro, Brendan Fraser, John Lithgow, and the screenplay comes from uh, Eric Roth, who has written Forrest Gump and Dune and all these great big screen adaptations. This is based on a nonfiction book. I feel, to your point, that this is going to be something different from Scorsese and yet still trafficking and you know it's going to be gritty and raw and violent and real. But the fact that it's about this particular time period and this particular uh, horrific chapter in American history, I think this could be an Oscar contender. Wow. Oh. All right, well, anything he does. Yeah. He pours a glass of water. I'll pay 12 bucks to watch it. <laughs> the Road Rover Podcast is being brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios. AmericanEagle.com is a full-service global digital agency providing best-in-class web design, development, hosting, digital marketing services, and so much more. Visit AmericanEagle.com for more information. I want to thank Tim Alanius and Renee Nelson, our executive producers, and Dimitri Menezes our production director. And Rokan, I want to thank you for a great year of podcasts. This will be our final podcast of 2021. Uh, the audience has grown and we're very grateful for that. And as you mentioned, uh, all the fine members of the team at AmericanEagle.com and Portillo's, everybody involved, but most of all, the folks that have tuned in, that yep. have subscribed and continue to listen. And we're going to have some really exciting things for you in 2022. Well, we have award season right around the corner. This will be our third award season. Wow. Talking about still, Still never nominated, but we're going to continue <laughs> to try. It's been weird, though, because we did, you know, we had the, the 2020 season, which th- there was kind of an award season in 2020, and then 2021, yeah, that was kind of a mess. So we'll see what 2022 has to bring. Either way, have a great, happy new year. We'll see you next time.